Hello and welcome to this week's episode of This is the Future Podcast. My name is Dayo Moyo. I trust you had a super splendid and productive week. 1979 was the first time in the history of Nigeria that the military government willingly handed power to a democratically elected government. On July 19, 1975, General Mutala Mohamed wrestled power from General Gowon in a palace coup. And almost immediately, the head of state had announced a four-year transition program to hand over power to a democratically elected government. Unfortunately, General Mutala was assassinated in 1976 in a failed coup. However, his deputy, General Lushego Basanjo, followed through on the transition plan that later brought in President Sheo Shagari as the first democratically elected president in Nigeria. In 1983, General Buhari toppled the government of President Sheo Shagari and in 1985, the government of General Buhari suffered the same fate from the hands of General Ibrahim Babangida, who announced himself as the first military president of Nigeria. During the independence celebration of 1985, General Babangida said, and I quote, There is no doubt that the country will go back to civilian rule. What we are trying to do is to make sure, first of all, that we create an atmosphere which will make such a transition quite easy. Remember that I said at the beginning of this podcast that the first transition from military to civilian government took place in 1979. And for the most part, that transition was smooth. Do they say that one does not change the winning formula? Well... The government of General Ibrahim Babangida decided to do just that. First, unlike the transition of 1975, which was regulated by two basic laws, the transition program of IBB was regulated by 57 decrees, which led to confusion. Second, the government of General Ibrahim failed to assure the independence of the National Electoral Commission which had been established in 1987. In fact, the Electoral Commission did not have the power to register political parties. To double down on this, the government failed to recognize the six political parties the National Electoral Commission had recommended. Instead, it issued a decree to set up and regulate two political parties, the Social Democratic Party, SDP, and the National Republican Convention, NRC. In the Social Democratic Party, Moshud Kashimawo Abiola, popularly known as MKO, defeated Atiku Abubakar and Baba Ghana to emerge the presidential candidates. In the NRC, Bashar Tofa became the party bearer. With this, the stage was set for the second presidential election in the history of Nigeria. On Saturday, June 12, 1993, 35% of the total population came out to vote. This election marked a milestone in the electioneering process of the country. As till date, 
it is still being applauded as the freest and fairest election ever conducted in Nigeria. On Monday, 14 June, NEC began announcing the first batch of the election results, which saw MKO win 19 out of 30 states and the Federal Capital Territory. Then, the election took an unforeseen twist. Out of the blues, the regime of General Ibrahim stopped NEC from continuing the collation of results and announcing a winner. A lobbying group that called itself Association for a Better Nigeria, a group of wealthy businessmen, politicians, and military personnel loyal to General Babangida, who wanted him to remain in power for at least four more years, had gone to court to stop the counting of the votes. When the final vote was leaked out on June 18, it was discovered that Abiola had garnered a total of 8,341,309 votes, compared to Tofa's 5,952,087 votes. With this backdrop, General Babangida came out on June 23, 1993 to annul the election. In a speech to the nation, he said, and I quote, It is true that the presidential election was generally seen to be fair, free and peaceful. However, there was in fact a huge areas of election malpractice virtually in all states of the Federation before actual voting began. End of quote. He added that these steps were taken to save the judiciary from being ridiculed and politicized locally and internationally. In addition to this, the general has repeated during interviews that the reason he annulled the election was because of the security of the country. He claimed that, that they had speculated that there was a possibility of a coup, and he even pointed to the eventual coup led by General Sonia Basha as a vindication of their claim. In one of such interviews, the journalist had asked that, wouldn't it be fair to then say that it was a plan by General Babangida to set up the country to be led by General Sonia Basha? Because what's the wisdom in the argument? You annul a legitimate election to set up a weak contraption which was the interim government led by Chief NS Shunekon and still less strong man Abasha in the military without retiring him. Now, what's the, what's the wisdom in the old plan? Anyways, General Sonia Abasha came into power November 1993. 1994, MKO declared himself as the lawful president of Nigeria in Lagos. He was accused of treason and was arrested and detained for four years. During his time in prison, many big wigs in the international community lobbied for his release. The government, however, insisted that for it to release MKO, he must renounce his mandate as the lawful elected president of the country, of which MKO refused. On 8 June 1998, Abasha died in office. Abiola was to be released July 7, 1998, but instead of him being released, he was reported dead. 
the government reported that he died of natural cause. However, the final autopsy by a group of international coroners was never released to the public. And during the Oputa panel many years later, it was discovered that MQ Abiola, whilst in prison, had been pressured to renounce his mandate as a condition for being released. Some actors, it seemed, may have thought that releasing him without him renouncing his mandate would have affected the policy to their disfavor, especially in the wake of General Basha's death. They said, MKO died. Many think he was killed. The aftermath of his death, there were tears, there was protest. But in the end, it turned out to be a dark part of our history. And just recently, a mere date on our calendar. And this is what I have for you on today's episode of the podcast. Do not forget to share this episode with friends. Remember, to be able to shape the future of this country, we must understand our past. Until I come your way again, I implore you to follow us on Twitter at TIF Podcast. TITF stands for This Is The Future Podcast. My name is Dayo Moyo. Keep learning.